And so this morning, uh, as Vanessa said, I want to uh, share with you uh, the wonderful story uh, from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 13 through 35. Now, this takes place, excuse me, just a second. <clears throat> this takes place on the day when uh, Jesus had been raised from the dead. The women had gone to the tomb early in the morning uh, to prepare his body for a proper burial. Um, but in the time that they arrived, they discovered that the tomb was empty. And the angel appeared to them and said that he had been raised from the dead. And then they ran back into the city uh, to see Jesus' disciples and the apostles, men mostly, and to tell them. And the men thought that this was just silly, couldn't have happened. They thought it was, they said, an idle tale. Two of the disciples later that day left Jerusalem, and they were walking to a village outside of Jerusalem, about seven miles. And on the road, they had a remarkable experience. Now, this passage, uh, Luke 24, is uh, one that I have spent a great deal of my adult life uh, reading and thinking about, writing about, contemplating. Um, it's deeply meaningful to me. So the first question I wanted to ask um, you to respond to is uh, send me a text, 203-414-0496, um, with your favorite passage or story. You don't have to know the, the book or the chapter and verse of it, but a favorite story or a passage from the Bible, uh, don't send me a long exegesis, just send me the, the essence of what the story is about. I'd like to share it uh, with others as I go through the sermon. But uh, let me go and get the Bible, and uh, we'll begin. <clears throat> now we're going to uh, pause at several points uh, during the story and, and think about uh, its implications uh, for our lives. Now, on the day of the resurrection, two of the disciples were leaving Jerusalem to go to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles away. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened in these past days. Remember how Jesus had come uh, to Jerusalem, had been welcomed mm -hmm. with that great triumphal entry. Um, and uh, with the, what we call Palm Sunday, and all the discussions and debates and dialogues that he had um, in the courts of the temple and the meal that he had shared on the night of Passover, in which he gave us the Lord's Supper. And then his trial, uh, his arrest in Gethsemane and his trial, and then his crucifixion and burial, all these things that had happened just a week it was one of those weeks that probably felt like it had lasted a lifetime, right? And then on this day, they have this experience of women coming saying that he'd been raised from the dead. So they're talking about all the things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came. He came near and he went with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him 
let's pause there for a minute. Why didn't they recognize Jesus? Jesus was walking with them, and these disciples, close, close friends, didn't recognize him. And he said to them, well, what are you discussing while you walk along? And they stood still, looking very sad. Now think about this. In this point in the story, the men, Cleopas is the name of one of them, and the other disciples stop, and they look sad. Why do you think they look sad? Well, because they think that Jesus is dead. The person they had trusted, the person who they believed would be the one who would redeem Israel, the one who would solve their problems and turn the world around, they stand still. Now, I remember one time when I was uh, living in Scotland during college and I was uh, hitchhiking up in the highlands. Don't hitchhike. It's not a bad idea. It's a bad idea. But I, was, I came to a crossroads and I didn't know exactly where I was in the highlands. And I stood still because I needed to know which way to go next. Should I go left or right or straight ahead? Or maybe I should turn around and go back. So I looked at a map and I tried to figure it out and I eventually made a decision. But when you come to one of these crossroads, you have to choose, you have to decide. And that's, I think, what the disciples were doing at this point. This is a turning point in the story. So let me pause here for a moment. I want to look at, see, what are some of the uh, things that people have texted to me? Uh, Bible stories. Oh, I've got a lot of them. Well, from uh, Rachel Spallett, she loves the Song of Mary, which comes in the opening of the Gospel of Luke. And Pete Ivan says that his favorite story is Jacob and the angel wrestling from the Old Testament. And after they wrestle all night, Jacob's name becomes Israel, which means one who struggles with God. Uh, Andrew McInnes says that his favorite Bible story is Noah in the Ark. Can you say that, Noah in the Ark? That's the way to say it, okay? <clears throat> Julie Trom says, Romans 8.31, 8.31. For in Christ, nothing will separate us from the love of God. Rick Esper, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the phrase, be still and know that I am God. And from Adrian Sana, from the opening chapter of John's Gospel, and the light shines in the darkness. And again, from Mark Eggstrom, Luke 2. 8 through 14, the wonderful visitation of the angels, the telling of the story of the birth of Jesus. From Sue O'Donovan, Jesus sharing with the woman at the will in Samaria from John's gospel and how he welcomed others, quote unquote, to know that they are loved by God. From Wendy Muschette, passage from Micah 6, 8, 
for we are called to love God, to walk with mercy, and to walk and serve for justice. And from Derry Tomchik, the Good Samaritan, the one who stopped by the road and helped a person who was sick and beaten. And from Deacon Katrina Cash, the 121st Psalm, I will lift up mine ills eyes unto the hills when whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And from Chris Billiard, the story of from the book of Revelations, the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. At the beginning and the end and all in between the abiding love of God. I think all of these ideas are very much present. Whoops. In, did I just shut myself off? I hope not. I bumped something and seem to have done something wrong here. Oh dear, what have I done? Somebody send me a text and tell me if I'm still on. You're good, David. <clears throat> I'm on? Yep. Okay. Just can't see anything. Okie dokie. So, Let's go on with the uh, story um, from Luke uh, 24. They stood still looking sad. And then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? And he said to them, Jesus, but they don't know that it's Jesus, said to them, are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have been talking about Jesus? He said, the things of Jesus, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and the leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and he was crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. And yes, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women in our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and they found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see him. And then he said to them, O foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer all these things and enter into his glory? And so then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And so Jesus proclaims that, yes, indeed, the resurrection has occurred. God has raised Jesus Messiah from the dead. This central affirmation of our life of faith affirms that God is with us in all circumstances, at the beginning and at the end, that God's love cannot be broken for us. This resurrection is not just restricted to what happened to Jesus in Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. It's something that happens all the time. It's an ongoing revelation. It's an ongoing work of God in the world. It's what you might call ordinary resurrections, everyday resurrections. Send me a text. Where do you see the love of God triumphing over death in this time? Where do you see the power and the light, the love of God shining 
in the midst of times that are very dim, where do you see ordinary resurrections in your own life? Send me a text, 414-0496. Where do you see the resurrection unfolding in your life? Now let's continue. And as they came near the village to which they were going, Emmaus, Jesus walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, No, no, stay with us. Because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, Mm -hmm. and gave it to them. Mm -hmm. And then their eyes were opened, Mm -hmm. and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Let me read that again. This is very important when we go to our communion service in just a moment. He was at table with them. He took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? And that same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. And the companions were saying to them, the Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon, Peter. And then the disciples from the road to Emmaus told them what had happened to them on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This formula as it were, that is uh, apparent when Jesus feeds thousands of people mm-hmm. with just a few fish and loaves of bread in his ministry. He took the bread, he, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to them, and millions, thousands were fed. But at this table at the Passover feast, he took the piece of bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, take this, this is my body, which will be broken for you. And here, In the breaking of the bread, the eyes of the disciples were opened, and they recognized him. And so, some thoughts on ordinary resurrections. From Penny Stevens, the 23rd Psalm. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah, she writes. And Mark Engstrom and Nina write, spring flowers. Rick Esper, healing. Healing. And from Wendy Muchette, nature blooming and the symphony of the birds each morning. And from Rachel Spollett, the steadfastness of the love from my partner. And Adrienne, Santa, the resurrection for me that I am enjoying my family time that she didn't always get. <clears throat> and from Rita Skog, People buying food for and caring for shut-ins. And from Connie Christie, 
1 Corinthians 13. Faith, hope, love, abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. And from Greg Jeffermo, Deacon Greg Jeffermo, waking up every day. Each day is a gift. And from Anonymous, freedom from addiction for 22 years. The friends of Bill who find in that wonderful fellowship a source of resurrection for their lives and to help others find the resurrection in their lives. And from Jim Meisner, everyone showing solidarity by practicing separation, the hopeful side of renewal, that people are willing to do what is necessary to social distancing to provide life for everybody. This humble experience of Cleopas and the other disciple at the road to Emmaus in the inn, when Jesus takes the bread and blesses it, breaks it, gives it to them, their eyes are opened and they recognize it. They feel that love of God. They experience the resurrection of their spirits in the same way in the humble activities of our daily living, and in the sacrament of Holy Communion, the prosaic details of our living, uh, the location in which the profound reality of God's love is made known to us. Do not forget this. Experience it anew this day. Be open to it in every day to come. Amen.